0: Thank you. Awesome to be here. Always, I love being here. Miss when I'm not here. Um, and since I was here last time, actually, we had Corey come out. He did a message at my church up in uh, New York and um, did a staff retreat as well. And I, <clears throat> I did, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I did need to keep him accountable. He was openly sinning while he gave the entire message and that's, that's right. I have to bring this news to you as a church community. He, he came up to three hours from Buffalo, New York, and he wore, wore a Patrick Mahomes jersey the whole time. <laughs> I know, Chris. I know. It was, it was tragic. And so, uh, you know, you needed to know that. He needed to be held accountable on it. Other than that, the message was great. Um, The staff retreat was awesome too. He just poured into our staff for two whole days. And man, I I, I do want to tell you, I get it. I'm a lead pastor now. I'm I'm not there this weekend because I'm down here. Uh, speaking here, and and I get like people at the church are like, ah, we hate when you're not here. We wish you were here. I get it. Um, when Corey's gone, it's like, oh man. But I do want you to know that the kingdom wins every time he's not here. When he's pouring into churches like ours, like we we leveled up in so many various ways because of what he was able to pour into my church, into me, into my staff. And so I just always want to come and I always want to just tell you thank you. Anytime you share him, just know the kingdom is winning. The big capital. capital Capital C Church is winning when he's pouring in somewhere else. And I didn't know if you know this, but, um, you know, there are other churches outside of Cape Christian. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the series isn't We Are The Church. It's not a mantra of Cape Christian going, we are the church. You know, I mean, that's awesome. You are, you you know, it's awesome. I loved being here. But but this series is about we are the church. Church. We are the Capital C Church. And what is the church all about? Um, and, and again, this series is all about who we are as the Capital C Church. And the message I have today is for Cape Christian. It is for you guys. Um, but I want you to know it's really meant to be about every church everywhere. In fact, if I had one message to take on the road, it would be a message with the heartbeat and the intent of this message. And I want to dive right into a story. Happens in Mark. There's an alarm going off, wake up, wake up. You're at church, wake up, you're here. You made it already, good job. Alarm at 6 p.m., man, you sleeping different, all right. Florida be different like that. Uh, we're gonna in dive into the story. Happens in March is gonna reveal to us uh, what the church is meant to be all about and who you see at church week in and week out, which quick caveat, if you haven't already noticed, right? If you're making church just about an activity, Church is about who you see week in and week out because the church is, look to your left, look to your right. It's all those scary people you just didn't look at because you didn't follow directions. But this is what I want to dive into, who you see week in and week out. And we're going to walk into this Mark chapter two story. It's an awesome story. Uh, The setup real fast is Jesus has returned to basically his home base, Capernaum. I've been there seeing it. Uh, That's a pastor flex. Okay. Um, And there's a large crowd there in a house. Jesus is talking. We'd imagine he's teaching them something about the kingdom of heaven. He's talking all about, hey, this is what it's like. This is how you can continue to be transformed by it. This is how you can bring it to earth. Um, And that's where we come coming to the story. It's Mark 2. It's verse 2 through 5, and it goes like this. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. I mean, he preached the word. I love they put that in. He preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, "'Son, your sins are forgiven.'" This is an awesome story already. We're in Mark 2, 2 through 5, 2 through 6. We're only uh, three or four verses in. This is a great story. It's resolving really beautifully, but I want to slow down. Sometimes we read, and it's is Mark 2, 2 through 5. A lot of times we read by chapters or we'll read multiple chapters, and I really want to slow down and break some of this down for us. What could we find here? The specific thing I want to break down today, I want to show you five types of people that show up in this story. And spoiler alert, Bearing the lead, every one of these five people that we're going to talk about that show up in the story also show up in church every single week. In fact, they're right here among us tonight. I see that. I mean, I see these people. Um, the first one is this. Every church you ever walk into, and in this story, one of the first people that we should notate is you see someone in need. You see someone in need. We See, this is really obvious in the story. Is a, There's a paralytic, right? There's a paralytic man, and there's a need, right? His, uh, his need is super obvious, right? They, they literally said they, were, they, they had to put him down on a mat. And, and I was thinking, like, well, I want people to really get infused into the story. So, like, how can we bring it to life? And let's name some people. And so this guy that they put down on a mat, we could call him, um, let's call him Matt, Okay, somebody hopefully saw that coming. So we're going to call him Matt. And his need was physical and obvious, but I want to let you know, even though his was physical and obvious, and, and sometimes when we walk into church, we see people who, who, who have need, and the, the need is really obvious. Like you could see it on the outside. But I also want you to know there's a bunch of other needs that are never spoken about. So many of us are walking into church and there's all types of need. You might actually be walking in tonight and you're somebody in need. You might be going through a loss. You might be going through a trial. You might be going some, through some real tribulations, some injustices. You might be dealing with depression. You might be dealing with some crippling anxiety. You might be dealing with something going on today, and you're walking into this house, and it's really important, one, for you to know, one, you're in a really, really good place if you're somebody in need. Number two is if you're not that person, or maybe, you know, we all have certain levels of need, but... But, but uh, it's really important that when you walk into church, you always know you're walking amongst people who are in need. I'm in need. Tonight, right now, I'm in need. I texted people be, before. It's not, it's not for, I'm not going to share the need, right? This one, it ain't for public knowledge, but I'm texting people before this service and telling them, man, I got some needs going on. I, I'm not okay in some areas tonight. That's just being real. And you know what? It's one of the reasons why for my whole life, I've continued to show up for church. Because when you walk into church, you don't only meet someone in need, you also meet our next person. You always meet someone who cares. You see someone who cares. This is a great reason for you to show up to church every single Sunday. Because almost every single week, you're gonna have some level of need. And guess what? When people with need meet people who care, really cool things happen, really amazing things happen. And in this story in Mark chapter two, what do we see? We see four guys who care. We see four guys who care, You've got, you, the four guys who carry Matt. You, and, 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 and before I go in uh, on, on a couple of things, I wanna ask you, you this, this question, do you have your group? Have you been building your table of community for the day you are in need? Have you been building your table of community? That's a different way of asking, do you have your people? There's always going to be a day that you end up walking into where you're like, wow, now I'm in need. And so often people are like, well, I just don't have anybody around me who really seems to care. Have you built the table? In fact, just a, a, a little while ago, we did, a, we did a message. And what we did is actually during the message, we built a table. We had we had these. The, the, we had we we had the somebody brought out the legs and we put the legs on the table and we flipped the table over and we put it upright and then we brought the chairs out and then we set the table and then we put all all the the dishes on the table and the drinks on the table and somebody else was preparing food and they brought and then we invited some guests and they all sat down and why what was the purpose of that is because everyone wants to we said this everyone wants to have quality friends to eat with and people who care about them but few are willing to put in the work to build the table that community requires. Somebody say amen. Yeah, come on. Somebody just say amen for that. And what we see here in this story is somewhere along the line, Matt built his table. And when he found himself in need, he had a crew that was there to help him. And you got to imagine these four guys, right? These four guys are sitting there and they're having a conversation and we could call them all types of things. We could call them them, uh, Billy, Bobby, I don't know, Bo and Bubba. I don't know. Let's go with it. Billy, Bobby, Bo, and Bubba. Okay, and they're sitting around, and Billy's like, "Hey, I heard about this Jesus guy. He's right up the road. He's been healing everybody and their sister around here." And 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 Bobby's like, "Oh, really? I, yeah, I heard he healed the blind." And 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 Bo's like, "I heard. I heard he healed somebody who had no light." And then and Bo goes. Eventually, Bo looks at him and goes, "If he done it for them, maybe he'll do it for Matt." And and and, and Bubba says darn tooting, I bet he would. And they grab Matt and they start walking him down and they begin to carry him out to Jesus. And you see, every time you walk into church, you're going to see someone in need and you're going to see someone who cares. And we should just close up the service right here because if, if, if there's always someone in need and there's always an equal party, someone who cares, or in this story, there's four who care and one in need, then every need should get taken care of. We should close up the church service, right? Let's all pack up and go home. Good news. Just keep repeating this cycle. But you see, uh, when the people who care show up with someone who was in need, they met somebody different that they hadn't met before. See, every church you walk into, and in this story in Mark 2, you don't just see someone in need. You don't just see someone who cares. You see someone who's preoccupied. You see someone who's preoccupied got real quiet. All of a sudden, you heard the squeak of the stage for the first time. What's he about to tell me? I ain't here for a message, preacher boy. (laughs) When these four who carried the someone in need arrived at the house, when these four, the someone who cared carried the someone in need, arrived at the house. It tells us the house was full of people. It's wall to wall. It's, think about like the biggest small group ever. They said even outside the door, there was no room outside even the house. So full, actually, that the four buddies who cared could not get Matt to Jesus. Just think about it for a second. Really think about this. The four people who cared could not get the somebody who was in need to Jesus because there were too many somebodies who were preoccupied. Somebody tell me you know where this is going. Too many people that were interested in what they were getting out of the experience. Woo-hoo-hoo. The someone who cared walked up with the someone in need. Someone who cared, Billy, Bobby, Bubba, and Bo walk up with the someone in need. And when they walk up, this is what they're greeted by. And it tells us who's teaching. Jesus is teaching, and he's probably teaching something about the kingdom of heaven. I could only imagine he talked a lot about that. So imagine Jesus just preaching, and he's doing his thing. And and all the, the preoccupied people are sitting here like this. And, and you could imagine what they do because you've been to places like this. You're in a place like this. And, and they were like, come on, preach, Jesus. Come on, tell me more about what the kingdom of... Come on, preach, preach. Hit me with another line. I really like this message. I got my notepad out. I got my coffee with me. I'm sitting in my seat. I'm living, listening to Jesus preaching. (laughs) And they're doing all, they love this. And we don't know what Jesus is talking about. Maybe he's preaching on Matthew 25. I don't know, pick a random text, right? Matthew 25. And Matthew 25. And Matthew 25 shows up and he says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the evil and his angels. Yeah, come on, preach, Jesus. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And again, the the people who are preoccupied, who are in the seats, who are in the house, are turned around, going preach it, Jesus. Tell us a little more. Give me another line. I've been writing these notes down for decades now. Ah, this is so good. I love that I'm in this house with you. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one of them get tapped on the shoulder and they turn around and there's Bo with the someone in need. And he says, could you just scoot over a little bit? I got mad. He's really in need and I'm trying to get him to Jesus. And this is when we find out if they're going to be someone who cares or if they're going to be someone who's preoccupied. Because so often you could imagine what, what the person sitting in the seat listening to that message would have replied with. Please don't tap my shoulder. I'm trying to listen to the message. Could you stop distracting me? Who let the kid in? The baby's crying in the, could you please be quiet? Because I'm trying to listen to a message here about Jesus. And he's telling me to take care of the need, but I'm just paying attention to the words. I don't wanna actually want to receive the message and change the way I would do life. Yeah, but yeah, but you don't understand. If, if I let you in, then I might not be able to hear as well. You you don't get it. I already missed out on my coffee this morning. Now you want me to give you your seat too? Come on. No. I'm trying to listen to a message. And Jesus goes on to tell them, what's he say? Anyone you do for, for whoever you do for the least of these, you do for me. The hungry people, the thirsty people, the needy people, that's who you're supposed to be meeting. And so often they were bypassing because they were so preoccupied. They, They had been so preoccupied listening and wondering about what it would do for them that they missed the whole point of how the gospel message was supposed to impact the way they lived and what it could mean for others around them. You could say it this way. They put more stock in the words of Jesus than they did on the life of Jesus. And when you focus on words over a way, you'll get lost arguing over minutia and nuance. You'll become unbelievably self-absorbed while people around you who are in need and need you to show up for them continue to suffer. In fact, you'll even block them right out unintentionally. You'll never even notice them because you're so preoccupied with what it does just for numero uno. And by the way, just notice, they weren't even preoccupied with a bad thing. They're listening to Jesus. They're showing up to church every week. They just got it twisted. Don't be so preoccupied and spiritually self-obsessed that you miss the people that need you to show up for them today, right in your life. And let me just tell you, by the way, this moment right here is just as important. Listen, it's it's about the preoccupied. This is a big measuring stick. When Matt shows up at the door, but it's just as big of a measuring stick for those who wish to care. There's a difference between somebody who wishes to care and somebody who genuinely cares. Somebody tell me, you know what I'm talking about. And see, when somebody who wishes to care shows up with Matt and they see a bunch of preoccupied people, they come into the fray with a bunch of preoccupied people, it's always the temptation to drop Matt at the door and go join the fun. Yeah, that does look like a lot of fun. I just want that. Forget about Matt. We forget about our mats. We forget about the people that are in need and we join in. This is so important. And by the way, you want to talk about somebody who genuinely wishes to care versus or genuinely cares versus someone who wishes to care. We got a lot of people right now who claim that they wish to care, but haven't done haven't done anything about actual caring for people. Just go get on TikTok. You're gonna see a bunch of them talking about big game. Oh, I'll care, I care, I care, I care. What have you done? Nothing? Cool, you have a wish to care. But every time you come into the fray with a bunch of preoccupied people, you join the fray rather than work against the fray or find another way. And see, this is the beauty, right? Instead, our four men, Billy, Bobby, I don't remember the names. Bubba and Bo. Sweet, okay, the name stuck, okay. These four men actually chose to really care. And I I give you a picture of how much. They cared so much they wouldn't take no for an answer. And you could get on the specifics, but basically when you walk up to an old first century house, you walk up and it's completely packed. There's typically a stairway and it would lead to the roof. And on the roof, they find a bunch of mud that had basically hardened mud, real hard mud. And they would do all types of things on the top of the roof. And they get to the roof. And instead of just saying there, you, you basically get to the point. There's all types of obstacles. People are in the way. Okay, well, let's go up to the roof and find out there. Well, it's a bunch of hard mud. I don't know what we can do. And that's the moment where Bubba goes, hold my beer, because he hadn't met Jesus yet. And it was like, (laughs) and then they dig and they get, imagine this too. We don't, they're getting all dirty. They're ruining their Sunday clothes. And they're digging and they're digging and they're digging and they're digging. And finally they get to Jesus. And the point here is with God, by the way, these, with, with God and someone who cares, there's always a way. With God and someone who cares, there's always a way. If you came in and you're somebody in need today, I want to give you a little bit of hope. With God and someone who cares, there's always a way. And I believe there's someone who cares who also showed up tonight. And I believe God's showing up in the house. So I believe there's a way for you. There's hope for you. There's purpose for you. There's identity for you. There's destiny for you. There's goodness for you. And I love this, right? My point, they found another way to reach someone who was in need of Jesus. They didn't just say, well, I guess there's just one way to get to Jesus and the people are in the way and there's an obstacle. I guess we can't do it. No, 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 no. They found another way and it was an unconventional way. We say at my church now, I stole it from Cape Christian. Cape, what do we say here all the time? We say, we'll do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Jesus. And then there's a tag underneath it. In fact, in order to reach people no one is reaching, we'll have to do things no one is doing. What do you mean? I mean, we might have to shut down the Sunday service to go out and be the church for a weekend every once in a while. I mean... We might play some secular music or some secular movie clips to try to explain to people about what the kingdom of God is like to reach some people that no one else is reaching. We might launch an Apple Vision Pro, whatever, because nobody's reaching anybody on Apple Vision, but Bobby is because he's crazy. And he's all about it. And he's finding another rooftop and he's going, there's somebody else down here who needs to meet Jesus because Jesus has some healing to give them. And so we're going to be heaven bent on meeting needs and getting people into a place where they can meet Jesus and be transformed and be healed and be all the things. This is what it's about. When you really care... You'll reinvent the wheel to allow for someone who is in need to meet Jesus. And it's Mark 2, verse 4 through 5. Mark 2, verse 4 through 5. It says, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Two quick takeaways. Number one, they found a way to care. How are you finding a way to care? Number two, number two, Jesus healed Matt's sins. Or Jesus forgave Matt's sins. Jesus forgave Matt's sins. I did I show up at the wrong place? I'm going to give it one more time. Jesus forgave Matt's sins. Amen. Woo! It's a time to celebrate. This is awesome, right? This is a moment. This is awesome. Jesus has done it. He's forgiven bad sins. This is so cool. This is a time to celebrate. The church is going crazy. The small group's going crazy. These people in the house are going crazy. And then somewhere from the corner, you hear, hold the phone. In fact, somewhere from the corner, you heard, hold up, wait a minute. Okay, don't finish the line. Um, I don't even know the next line. You're a sinner, I ain't. Okay. You've got some people in the corner that start to go, wait a second, we've got to make sure this is up to par. We need to check the fine print. Somebody get the ledger out. What are you talking about? Anytime you have someone in need, anytime you have someone in need, and anytime you have someone who's, who's willing to actually do what's required to fill that need, to do something about that need, someone else magically appears. You always see someone who is critical every time. And here's, I just want to give you some good news. If you're the somebody who cares in the room right now, and you're like, I'm actually doing something about it, and all these people are being critical, I want to encourage you in something right here, right now. I want to encourage you in something. Even Jesus faced it. I've gone through a season of critics. I have gone through a season of critics. I'm not going to lie to you right now. I'm tired. It's one of my areas of need. I'm tired of critics. I am so exhausted of critics. I'm so tired. And one of the encouraging pieces that I'm pulling in this season is looking at Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God in human flesh and going, oh, even you had critics. In fact, so many critics Watch Mark 2, verse 6 through 7. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? See, as soon as they saw what these other men had done, as soon as they saw what Jesus did first, the teachers of the law. By the way, you always know when someone's a teacher of the law, when they come at you with law. They won't come at the heart of the matter. They won't look at it from the 30,000-foot view. Notice who they don't mention. Matt. They don't even give it a second thought. They don't say, "I see that Matt's getting better here, Jesus." But can we talk about how you did that? No, 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 no. There is no Matt. Ooh. They'll barely recognize or really acknowledge the person in need who's getting help. They'll come with a couple of verses to attempt you to to attempt to chain you to the law. Jesus, you can't forgive. Imagine what they said to Bubba and Bo. How dare you? You just dug through somebody's house. You made a mess. What were you thinking? That's not the way to get this done. See, there's always somebody like this. They don't acknowledge Matt's existing. Remember the Pharisees, by the way, to the woman pouring oil over Jesus' feet? Why would you waste all this money on Jesus' feet? It's like we have a bunch of modern day examples, actually. Don't act like we've evolved. We have not evolved. We're still dealing with this situation. How dare you spend that amount of money on a Super Bowl commercial telling other people that God is that good? Haven't you read? Quote a verse here. How dare you play secular movies to try and tell people about what the kingdom of God is like? Haven't you read? Quote a verse here. How dare you feed potential illegal immigrants? Don't you know what they may or may not have done? Quote a verse here. How dare you bring up topics that bring to light the marginalized and the oppressed within our community. Quote a verse here. Don't you know this should be a biblical church? That's not how we do it in biblical church. Quote a verse here. It's the critic showing up and the critic shows up. And I want to encourage you again, if you're somebody who cares, if you're someone who's genuinely plotting through, if you're somebody who's fighting for the person in need, I want to encourage you with something. It's life-changing. It's unbelievably radical. It's wild. Jesus did not stop spreading goodness for negative critics. Amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody, be, some, somebody praise Jesus for that. No matter how much law they could quote, no matter how much scripture they thought they understood, no matter how much law they could quote, no matter how much scripture they thought they understood, Jesus, if he had goodness to give, he gave it. I'm gonna push it even a little further because it's only half truth. Jesus, if he had goodness to give, gave it, dot, 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 are you ready for it? This is gonna shock and awe freely. Jesus gave it freely. He gave it away. There was no state tax. There was no religious tax. There was no temple tax. He didn't make people come or pay for his meetings. He didn't do that. He gave it freely. Think about Matt. Matt's lying there. Paralyzed. Paralyzed. He didn't go down to Matt and go, well, Matt, hold on, before I do this for you, before I heal, before I I forgive you of your sin, I need a clear repentance message. I need a clear temple tax given. I need need a couple lists of things. He didn't do it. It's just not there. He didn't do it. Think about it. Think about it with the woman caught in adultery. What did he do? He, He didn't make her repent first. He said, neither do I condemn you. Then he said, go and sin no more. Stop putting yourself in this situation. Don't do this again. Don't do it again. But I checked that cross first. Judas, who betrayed him. Judas, who betrayed him. And by the way, Judas who betrayed him never repented and hung himself the next day. And what does Jesus do? Knowing, knowing you're about to be, he already said you're gonna be about to, you're about to betray me. He he washes his feet. He gets down and he washes his betrayer's feet. Judas, the thief on the cross, the thief on the cross, never had a chance to rectify his wrongs. Never had a chance to go back and do it over again. Didn't get a chance to repent. He just acknowledged, this is how I know you're God. I know it's you. And he said, okay, come with me in paradise today. What's the difference? It's because Jesus never charged for grace. He paid the price for it instead. Jesus never charged for grace, he paid the price for it instead. And then he said this, check this out, and to all of his followers, he said, if you're gonna walk like me, talk like me, be like me, then you're gonna pick up your cross and you're gonna follow me. In other words, AKA, you're going to do like me. And so look at this line, Jesus never charged for grace, he paid the price for it instead. Somebody in here should be shouting, amen, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, thank you Jesus, because he gave you a free gift. He gave you something free. How dare you go charge somebody else for it? The whole mandate of this church, we are the church. Let's go. Wear it with honor, wear it with pride, but it has nothing to do with me getting a free piece of grace, getting me a free download of grace that Jesus paid the price for, and then me trying to charge it. The only reason people charge for grace is people who have power issues. There's a power dynamic and you can't afford This is what Jesus was up against, by the way. This is what the state law, the religious law, this is what the political parties of Rome were all about. They were all about, if we just give things away for free, then how will we control it? Oh, we won't? And this rabbi is giving it all away for free and he's teaching people how to walk in his ways and it doesn't cost them what it costs us to run our empire. So therefore we better put him to death and put him out. This is the gospel message. And Jesus said, I've got goodness to give. And so I'm not going to stop regardless of who tries to charge for it i'm gonna keep giving free goodness to the world i'm never gonna stop and then he says to his followers if you want to be like me go do likewise it's radical this is what's radical about the gospel this is what's scandalous about the gospel And this is the coolest part too, by the way. God, Jesus didn't only save Matt, he healed Matt. Mark 2, 11 through 12, it says, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, he took his mat and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. See, because in every church, you're gonna see some things. You're gonna see someone in need. You're gonna see someone who cares. You're gonna see someone who's preoccupied. You're gonna see someone who's critical. And finally, as a full representation of Jesus, you're gonna see someone who brings healing. That's what you're gonna see. Why? Because in this story, by the way, in Mark 2, it was Jesus who brought the healing. But then Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit, he said, I have somebody coming for you. And he's gonna be a comforter, he's gonna be a counselor, and he's gonna help you, and he's gonna put anointing on you, and you're gonna have you're gonna to get to do what I've been doing. And Peter and Paul and John, they all went out and did what Jesus was doing. They didn't do church, they didn't play church, they were the church. This is what Peter, Paul, and John did. And you watch as the early church actually does it. They go live it out. And they were so radical about living it out. And they were so radical about giving it out for free that even they, Peter was, Peter was crucified upside down. John was boiled alive and then exiled to the island of Patmos. You have Paul who was beheaded by the emperor. Why? Because they were doing what Jesus was doing. They were being the church. They were being the church. What is this all about? This is all, the whole message, you could encapsulate the whole thing on, this is all about the heart of God. This is what it is. We could get so lost in the minutia. We could get so lost in nuance. And I've seen it all. For the last couple of weeks, I've seen it all. For the last two years of trying to be a lead pastor, I've seen it all. We get so lost on the minutia and the nuance. In fact, I grew up in church for a long time and and, for my whole life I've grown up in church and so often we were always taught, hey, invite God into your heart. Invite God into your life. Come on, invite him in. Let let him, And, and that's a beautiful thing. In fact, if you haven't, I wanna introduce you. I wanna invite you. I want to invite you to invite God into your heart. It's the greatest moment, but sometimes, and I feel like tonight is one of those nights where God's going, that's awesome. I'm glad you've invited me. Into your heart, can I invite you into my heart? Can I show you what it looks like from my perspective? Can I show you what it looks like? Because, and let me just give you this: God doesn't look at people and put labels on it. I'm gonna pick on this one again. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna pick on it though. They're not illegal immigrants for God. They're His daughters. They're his sons. And yes, 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 yes. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. There's gotta be a system. I get it. They're, yes. And there's a heart of God that says, yeah, but are they in need? Are they dying? What can we do? What can we do? How can we get them? How can we get them help? How can we feed them? How can we help them? what can we do? And this church is incredible already at it. That's one of the things I love about this church. It was one of the things that made it so hard about this church is yes, you've got all these opportunities, Convoy of Hope next week. You've got Serve Day the weekend after that. It's like you get to go out and already step into, they're creating every opportunity for you to walk in and be the church. And at the same time, if this doesn't change, it'll all be for naught. This, can you adopt God's heart. Can you be invited into God's heart? See the way he sees it. And then go, God, if that's your heart, I want that heart to be my heart. And that's the prayer tonight. I don't know if you're critical. I don't know if you're someone in need. I don't, I don't know where you're at on the spectrum of these five types of people. But if you could just invite God into your heart right now and then say, God, I want to be invited into your heart the way you see it. I want to see what you see. I want to hear what you hear. I want to feel what you feel. I want to think what you think. I believe we find a God who's a good heavenly father named Yahweh. And his heart is to care and to bring healing always. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this people. Thank you for this church. God, I, do, I mean what I said. They are such a beautiful representation. And I just pray that hearts would continue to be aligned, that this is what it's about. This is what it looks like to be the church. I pray that you would convict those who need to be convicted, those of us who need to be convicted, those of us who need to be challenged. I pray that you would continue to inspire those of us who need to be inspired to continue to do the good works of your kingdom. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen.